like to welcome everybody back to another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. We're here today with free agent coach Greg Fenwick. Um, I've coached, just so everybody knows, I've coached with Greg now for the past four years, and we're both now on the market. We're, we're up for the highest bidder. So Greg's going to talk a little bit about uh, outside linebacker playing the 3-4 because uh, he's had the, uh, the pleasure of coaching some really good ones here right, lately here at Xenia. So, Coach, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where have you been? Where have you played? And any systems that you've coached in? So high school, played at Green and High School, uh, proud Knight alumni. Went to Bluffton University, played uh, three years at Bluffton University as a left guard. Um, and then got into coaching, uh, was a volunteer assistant. So sort of like an assistant's assistant uh, at Northwestern High School my first year. Um, Coach Stevens helped me get on with Coach Smitherman at Stebbins after that year because he didn't have a paid spot for me. So he really went out of his way and helped me out through uh, MVFCA. Um, got me on with Coach Smitherman at Stebbins. I coached two years offensive line for him um, and then went to Greenan with Coach Miller Sr. Um, coached a year with him at Greenan and then coached three more with Coach Kevin Ferguson at Greenan. Um, running the offense over there, coached, uh, you know, when, when you, you've got like five guys, you coach everything. Um, so coached offense, coached defense, uh, and then came over and been at Xenia for the last four years, um, coaching D-line outside linebackers and then calling the defense uh, at Xenia. Um, so I have in the last 11 years, I have coached quarterbacks, running backs, O-line, outside linebackers, uh, D-line, um, some middle linebacker. You know, the, the one thing that I haven't spent a lot of time hands-on with is secondary. Uh, but even then, you know, a lot of secondary experience with that. I've coached with a couple of great secondary coaches these last few years between Tony um, and Derek and Trace. So picked up a ton of information there. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know what, what's a, here's what I think is a guy has been coaching 29 years. The, you know, you're a young guy to me, you're a yeah, young guy. Right. Right. So, but for you to have all these experiences where you've coached both sides of the ball already, you've, you've coordinated on both sides of the ball, you know, you, you've coached everything, but the DBs, but I think what, what you just said, you know, you've had enough exposure to good DB coaches that, if you get picked up and somebody wants you to coach DBs, I don't think you're going to be out of the water because I think, you know, one, I've seen you as a, have a willingness to learn and, you know, you just want to get out there and, and coach your kids up. So that's that's awesome to see out of young guys. And, I, you know, like I said, I wish more young guys would do those kinds of things because don't get pigeonholed into one spot. Yeah. You know? And don't get pigeonholed into one side. Because oh, yeah. to be frankly honest, you know, coming out of college – um, and, uh, you know, high school, coming out of college, all that, I always thought I was an offensive guy. And I've had way more fun on the defensive side of the ball <laughs> these last four years than I ever had coaching offense. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, hey, hey Coach, how, how did the COVID this year? You know, every, everybody in America, I talked to a guy the other night from Illinois, they haven't even played yet. They're hoping to play starting in January. Um, how did COVID affect your coaching this year? You know, I, I was a lot less hands-on. Um, I've always been in there kind of down in the trenches, in the drills with the guys and all that kind of stuff. Um, still did a little bit of that, used way more dummies, way more pads, um, way more instruction where I had 
the guys being, you know, the blocker or doing those walkthrough parts of the drills where um, I would have done that in the past. Uh, but, you know, the one place I really didn't give that up um, was my pass rush drills because uh, at best, you know, those guys are safeties and receivers um, or middle linebacker types and they don't know how to block to save their lives. <laughs> um, so, you know, just helping those guys out and doing that kind of stuff, giving them a good look. But even then, I just put my mask on, made sure that I wasn't within, you know, six feet of guys for for more than the allotted time. Um, and it was different. Uh, it made me stay on top of my schedule, you know, with the OHSAA and the timing recommendations and all that. Um, getting kids from station to station, getting them apart for water breaks, making sure that they were staying apart when they were not actively participating in a drill. Um, if know. I never say six feet ever again in my life, it'll be too soon. I, th uh, I feel like that's all we ever did was like six feet. Six um, feet. You know, and I'm getting ready to start indoor track, and I have a feeling I'm just going to be yelling it all <laughs> over again. Um, I just got, you know, the email indoor track starts tomorrow. So, I... well, hey, at least, you know, I, and I, we talked, um, some of us were in Columbus for a meeting on Friday, and, you know, we were just thankful we got through the season. Like, yes. even if you didn't get to the state championship, which everybody always wants to get state championship. Right. But, you know, it was like, we got a season in. When I remember we started August one, we weren't told we were playing yet. <laughs> we were practicing for free. I mean, there were we were what two weeks in when we still didn't know, and we're going, "Are we wasting our time? Is this really going to happen? Right? Are they going to shut us down?" But you know what? I was real proud. We made it uh, ten weeks um, plus preseason, so you figure fourteen weeks or so. Right. Um, if you count July and lifting and all that, eighteen weeks. And we didn't have to shut down. We, you know, we didn't have those kids that had to go quarantine um, it, where we lost significant chunks of the team and, and that kind of thing. Um, and so was just really happy because as much of a fight as it was, I thought our kids really responded well to what we were asking of them and what we asked them to do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, like I said, I thought, I thought you did a great job of, of making sure we were staying on that schedule. Cause you know, sometimes coaches, all of us, we just, we're going to run over. I mean, it is. Those like, dang hey, offensive guys. Well, I'm not going to throw offensive guys <laughs> under the bus completely, but yeah, them, but you know, there's still times when, you know, I'm down there doing key drill and I need, I need, I need three more reps. I need to get these last three guys on key drill and, and things like that. So um, hey, coach, you know, you were part of a staff that was the first to make uh, playoffs in school history. Um, has that ever happened to you before in any of your other coaching stops? You were the first to do something. Uh, no, um, I don't know. We may have been the first to go like 0 and 30. I don't know that that had uh, been done before. <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah, Springfield North was 0 and 33 before I, before I got well, there as I a just, player. I just went that particular stop. We – you know, but that, that was a tough situation where like one year we had 18 kids hmm. and you know, you're, when you're, you're coaching against teams that are trotting out 50 and you've got 18 and it's truly plug and play. Like, 
Um, you know, this kid maybe is a JV kid, but he's getting significant reps on Friday. And then how do you, you know, how do you keep him? How do you do that? Um, but no, that was, I've been a part um, of something special these last few years. Um, not only in terms of some of the kids that we've had and just freak athletes that I've gotten to coach. Uh, and there's no better way to describe some of those dudes than just freak athletes because they've done things that physically they don't look like they could have done. Um, but part of that was that staff that we had um, and just the ability to not only pregame, um, and get all of the necessary things covered during the week with the kids so that they knew it, they knew what they were seeing. Um, but that ability to make in-game adjustments uh, right. and do right. some stuff on the fly. And I thought really, um, I know this year wasn't our best year, but I thought in terms of in-game adjustments, it was by far our best year. Um, defensively, we were throwing stuff at people mid game and it just stuck and then we were using it. Um, and you know, it, it was a lot hey, of fun. Necessity is the mother of invention, man. It, it was a lot of fun. Some of those, you know, seeing the, just physically seeing the look on the quarterback's face is all of a sudden there's dudes just all over the place where they shouldn't be right. uh, and just paralyzing guys for a series, two series, three series, whatever the case may have been. Um, well, I think some of that is because it's one of the things the odd front allows you to do. And, mm. and you talked about it. You get to coach the freaks, the guys we have played that in that spot have been just off the hook, like athletic as all get out. I mean, they've, they've averaged six, four, two Oh five. Right. Like that's, that's been the average dude. <laughs> I mean, you know, it must be nice to get to coach those guys. Right. So uh, well, yeah. what are some things that you do with them that kind of help get them prepared for each game? So we go through, um, and one of the things I do is I go through and I look at what are the concepts that they are going to see most? Because we are reading our keys, whether that's the end man on the line of scrimmage, the fullback, the tailback, the quarterback, whatever it may be that week. Part of my preparation is going through and figuring out who my guys can look at to be the most successful. Because really that, that outside spot is a read and react spot. And if you're a slow processor, it's not a great place for you to be because things change in a split second. And you got to know whether the guy's reach blocking you or kicking you out or if it's a pass or a run. Um, so the first thing I would start and I would do is I would take those guys and we would walk through. These are the plays you're going to see most often. Um, and we would walk through what to do against each of those scenarios and situations. So if we're playing a power team that week, we are spending a lot of time covering step down wrong arm um, or step down, blow up the fullback or whatever the case may be against that particular team. If we're playing a pass happy team, then the first thing we're covering is we're going back over our pass rush stuff um, going back over our coverage responsibilities. Uh, if we're playing a team that's a zone team, going over our zone read responsibilities and what to do. Um, so really just taking those guys and getting them where they need to be for that particular scheme that week is, is the first thing we do. 
Um, after we cover that, then we would go through and we would cover, you know, those sort of trick plays. Everybody's got the counter or the screen or the, the third, you know, I call it the third and 10 play with my guys. Um, when it's third and 10, here comes the counter, here comes the screen, here comes the draw, whatever the case may be, cover those plays with them. And, And really when you do that, everything else is just go out there, look at what they're doing and have a little bit of fun playing football. Right. And, you know, I think I think your guys have had the ability to just turn loose and play where it's, you know, you're, you're taking advantage of their tools. Like, they're usually the most athletic guys on our team. And I think that more teams are starting to find ways to do that with their guys. So, like, if you look at the Steelers oh, and, yeah. and, like, Bud Dupree, like, where's that guy ever coming from? Like, is he going to come <laughs> off the edge? Like, if I'm playing quarterback, I'm like, Hey, somebody better find that dude. Yeah. Because that guy is going to come from somewhere we where he doesn't belong and I'm going to get whacked. Yeah. And I thought you and I thought you did a great job with your guys doing that. Um what what's kind of like your favorite drill? Like what's your favorite run drill to do with them? What's your favorite pass drill to do with them? So my favorite run drill and, and it's the the simplest thing in the world, but it's just our read drill. It's just getting a guy and getting them. So I've said, you know, the whole time, and I've talked with my guys, our position is the easiest, but it's also the one that we ask guys to do the most. Right. Because they have to be able to stop the run, drop into pass coverage, rush the quarterback, pursue from the backside, pursue over the top, sit and fight. Be chasing um, somebody down and catch the back flaring past you, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's hey. you're chasing the quarterback, and all of a sudden that back all of a sudden you see you? a back, and you got to put the Stop. brakes on and go back for Chase him. him. <laughs> um, so our redrill, where I mean, there's there's only a few basic types of blocks, really, that the offense can throw at you, and you know what I call the base block, where they are just straight up hands in your chest trying to drive you out of there. Uh, the down block where the guy is going away from you, the reach block, the pass block, the pull block, and the kick out. And, and those are really, we work on recognizing those blocks and our stimulus response to those blocks every single day. And it may change from team to team because not all teams use all of those blocks where my guys have right. to see. Um, but that is probably my favorite run drill. And then my favorite pass rush drill is just the simple, um, I bust out the, the rush hoop and we work our moves and get a rush and get a lean and finish through a cone um, or finish through a bag to work on getting that burst off of the corner. Uh, because one of the things that I talk with my guys a lot about in pass rush is have a plan. Know what you're going to do. Because if you just go out there and you're just running, when the guy goes to block you, you're going to get caught and you're going to be flat footed and you're going to get stuck <laughs> between moves. And that's going to be the end of it. No, um, going into the game through film prep, is he going to try to overset a speed rush? Is he going to short set and I'm going to get to speed rush? Um, you know, and, and I tell him, go in. Okay. Because my guys have been so fast these past few years, go beat him off the edge with speed, use your swipe, get around him, see what happens the next play. If he oversets you, cut inside. If he's still not going to get back fast enough, continue to blow by him until he does. And if he's on his heels, you know, I've had a couple of guys, um, you know, John Zell Gray in particular, 
uh, where he could go right down the middle of a guy. <laughs> and so when that guy gets on his heels, you put your hand in his chest and run straight through his face. Um, and not everybody has that combination of tools, but you can do something. Um, you know, we would, I, typically I would have my guys as they got older, pick a move and kind of stick with that move, get really good at one or two. Um, and, and it's different for everybody. Some of those guys were better at a stab arm. Um, some of those guys were better at a swipe. Some were better at the Ohio State three count. Um, and so I would allow them to start repping that particular move more and more and more in practice so that they got comfortable throwing it. Good. Hey, when you're talking about, you know, having different skill sets, you know, and today everybody seems like everybody runs the spread, mm -hmm. but you're still going to see those teams line up tight end. Um, do you want to, do you, do you look for a different guy to play the tight end? side if there is one or is it just either you know they're in a perfect world no but the fact is there are some guys who are better playing against those big blockers um and it, i mean it depends on what the team does because some of those guys we played put a tight end there so they could run away from it um and so you know just okay well let's flip over because clearly they're just trying to get away from the guy that's playing the tight end um <laughs> But yeah, typically you want a little bit stronger of a guy on that side. Um, more of a, you know, if you're talking four, three terms, cause I know there's a lot of four, three guys out there uh, more of a strong D end on that side. Uh, whereas your, your backside guys, more of your rush D end. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's kind of been most impressive about the guys we've had playing it is they are simultaneously strong side DNs, rush side DNs, middle linebackers, and strong safeties. Right. And they're playing all of it at the same time. Right. You know, and I think, I think that's what, where, where we've gotten better at is, is the ability to have those guys drop. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe not our first year. I don't think we, those guys were ready to be able to be on the line and drop. But now, no. now that the kids have been through the system, they can now line yeah. up there, look like they're coming, all of a sudden they're bailing and the quarterback's got the ball holding for a second. And yeah. he gets whacked or, or we, you know, there were even a few times this year and especially in that playoff game where I lined him out, uh, out over number two or number three and the quarterback looks away to check the single receiver side because that's where he kind of wants to go anyway. And all of a sudden the, you know, the guy on the single receiver sides dropping the guy on the number two is now coming. Um, and there's a lot of indecision that can be created there. You know, and we have to, you know, coaches have to remember that, you know, you're not seeing, I mean, we've seen some good quarterbacks, but, you know, we're not seeing Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. These are 16, 17-year-old kids. They're going to mess it up. <laughs> that and is, you know. quarterback's going to be like, uh, uh, and throw it, you know. When I've talked with some guys about this, um, that is one of the maxims that uh, Trace always had that will stick with me forever is, you know, at any point in time, there are 10 good quarterbacks in the state of Ohio, and we're probably not playing one of them. Right. Um, that so, is true. you know, that it's true. a defensive guy. My, my philosophy has always been, if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to beat me through the air. We're not going to let you beat us on the ground. Right. Um, and very few times in four years did somebody just out muscle us on the ground um and one of those dudes is playing at northwestern right now so i you know that one yeah. is what it is right i take it with a grain of salt that is true 
All right, Coach. Hey, are there any offenses that you like, man, when you see him coming up on the schedule, like, man, we got to defend that? Is there an offense that does you that know, to you? It, I I know everybody says wing T or not wing T, uh, triple option. Yeah, they're the same thing. I know that those <laughs> – there, I'll start the Twitter war right now. They're the same thing, folks. <laughs> You're running the same plays, just different <laughs> versions of them. Um, Everybody says triple option, but that has not been one for me just because we were running it and we saw it every day right. in practice and our kids were used to it. So they kind of actually would start licking their chops when they would see an option team. Like we do this every day. <laughs> like, I know oh, this one. We get to go ones versus ones this week. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, solid wing T teams um, that give you – both the front and backside that hold all your guys um, that disguise their motion and are really fast with their sleight of hands are rough to defend. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing a lot of the, the wing T teams get into is they don't have their series. Um, you know, it, it's a system of football when you're running it. And so, what happens is a lot of times they get into it year one, year two, and they're running one, two plays. And it's very formation dependent. It's very motion dependent. And you can kind of just tee off on those guys. But when they get rolling and it's a Chinese fire drill in the backfield, uh, it can be trouble for defenders. Um, you know, everybody runs spread. And I know spread guys like to pretend they're all running different stuff kind of like the wing tee and the triple guys like to pretend they're running different stuff, <laughs> but inside zone is inside zone. I don't care if you call it inside zone or duo, right. it's still inside zone. Outside zone is outside zone. I don't care if you're calling it stretch or whatever. Wide um, zones, the new one. I saw that one wide zone. Yeah. Like it's, it's outside zone. It's, it's Izzy and Ozzy as I learned them. Right. Um, exactly. You know, power is power. I don't care how many jet motions and pass plays you put with it. You're running power. Um, the one, you know, is the, the odd front guy, the one that gave us a lot of fits and I had to have a spend a lot of time working on thanks Eaton, uh, <laughs> was the backside where they would kick out the D oh, fold block. Oh, the backside play. fold block. We just, yes. Uh, that's probably the one that I, every time I would see a team running that I would just throw something and then get back to figuring out how to stop it. Um, you know, going back to what you talked about with wing T teams, like for, and I'm with you, if you're not running the series, like don't, mm -hmm. don't dabble in it. No. It's like people who, now that I, now that I've coached in the triple option system, don't dabble in it, either mm -hmm. run it or don't. And it's, it's not even the people that dabble in the series. It's people that dabble in the series. Mm -hmm. If your main play isn't buck, don't run buck <laughs> period unless you're going to run it 20 times a game do not run it <laughs> right because it's There's if no you're point. not running buck it, well you know and i get this thing that it's too expensive of a play it takes too much time well then don't run the series don't right. you run belly and run you know, belly. don't don't it's nothing wrong with run belly belly jet belly pass right. i mean there's there's your series That's, if if you're if you're a belly belly, keep you should be going belly, jet, belly pass, waggle. Right. If, you're, if you want to put rocket in, then you should be going rocket, down, waggle. Right. Um, 
but for sure, you know, if you want to put belly sweet, belly keep, belly option, right? Like whatever. Run the series. Don't don't like. Well, we're gonna kind of run buck sweet. Speed, speed options about the one option play you can dabble in. Right, because uh, it's not really option. No. It's not. You know, it's hey, come get me. No, it's extended toss sweep. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna slow play it out there. Yeah. Oh, coach. All right. Well, hey, we're about done here. Um, we're getting a couple questions left, so it is that time of the show. Game wreckers and slobber knockers, and I couldn't wait to ask you because I'm telling you what, you've coached some game wreckers. Oh. So who's the best of the best? Oh man, the oh I, I kind of hate you for asking me this question. <laughs> to be um, physically, the best of the best uh, was probably John Zell Gray. Um, physically that kid did things that I have now, I will forever remember Greenville trying to run halfback toss and him driving the, you know, the six, seven, 300 pound tackle eight yards into the backfield, dumping him at the running back's feet and then sacking that dude as he tried to throw a pass. Right. Um, in terms of guys, you had to plan around, because with John Zell, you could kind of get him where you wanted him to go. Right. You knew he was going to the strong side. Um, in terms of guys you had to plan around, um, Devin Hall was a dude who did things physically that did not seem like he could do because he was about as big around as my right arm. Uh, right. But, like if you saw him, you're like, that guy, what do they oh, do? That guy, and he was a player. He, Oh man. Player, man, you weren't, you weren't moving him physically and you weren't running away from him. Uh, you know, I watched him chase down too many bubble screens <laughs> for no gain to his side where he just took a step and was like, eh, it's bubble. I'm going to go ahead and go stop that. Right. Um, and then as far as, you know, pass rush goes, and it's funny cause all those guys kind of brought something different. Um, John Zell was a, the best run stopper. Devin was the best all around guy. Um, and then, you know, Zach Gaither has been one of the best pass rushers I've ever coached. I mean, it sets uh, a school record for sacks at 21. Yeah. Like, I don't and, know how that's ever going to, like, for a career. To, and he had, like, 10 and a half in a season. Yeah. Yeah. And probably would have had more this season if people would have tried to pass on us. Right. They were like, uh, we're not <laughs> they gonna were like, uh, going to drop back here. Um, and, you know, for a kid that was getting double and triple team this year, he still went out and had – what, six, seven sacks? Yeah, I think he had seven. Um, and, and he was getting doubled on almost every play. Uh, he was just – him and John Zell both um, made some quarterbacks make some life choices. Right. Uh, you know, John, John Zell hit the, the one kid so hard that I don't think he ever played football again. All right. Well, I know he didn't play against us. And, I mean, he, he didn't yeah. play against us the rest of that game and, and, or the next year. And, you know, what's, what's funny about that is, you know, it, it may not be a politically correct term, but I thought John Zell was the bully of the group. Like oh, he was just going to physically God. just, I'm going to physically impose my will on you. Yep. And, and, and guys were like, you know, the hit on the kid from uh, the quarterback at Beaver Creek. I thought for sure we were going to get the, the sheriff office in our, in our coach's office the next morning. Cause that was child abuse. Yeah, I mean, and it was a legal hit. 
he yes. just did everything right, and that I kid mean, was shoulder like, pad to chest, like, and it just it was. Well, the, the he had another one that game, and one that flew under the radar, where he was pursuing off the backside. Oh, and the guy and stopped. The, yes, <laughs> and it was just a car wreck. Yes, I mean, he wasn't going around anybody ever. Well, and then you know Devin, like you said, Devin was the was the technician. He did it all. Yeah, and then Zach, Zach was the freak. Yeah, Zach would just all of a sudden, like all of a sudden, like oh he ain't got that, whoa hey that was really quick. That interception against Butler this right. year, Ugh. where he like tips it and is just turned around. I have no idea how he caught the ball, tipped it to himself, and then tried to take off. And almost is, and then he had a, he had a second, then he almost had the third. Yeah, he should have had the third. He dropped. It. <laughs> I was talking to the coach from Butler. Uh, this uh, on, on Friday, and he goes, "I'm glad that kid's graduating." Hey, there's a lot of uh, that uh, quarterback from Franklin and the quarterback from Beaver Creek are probably glad too. All right, coach. So now we we may have already talked about it. what's your biggest slobber knocker hit that you've ever seen or coached. Oh, there. You know, um, the like I said, the the hits John Zell had. Um, Zach had a couple where he came off the backside and. and I will forever remember that one against Beaver Creek and the one against Franklin yeah. where he came off the backside and just blindsided those guys. You feel uh, bad. They, you feel bad. Like, man, that kid, that, that kid's oh, going to be mad at us. I thought somebody <laughs> was calling the police. I, it was, there was, you know, um, abuse. There was child abuse <laughs> on the field. Um, but yeah. And then shout out to uh, Isaiah Hoyt too. Um, he came downhill in our playoff game uh, last year, and oh, the, on that tailback! Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, that was the one that probably sounded the best. And I don't right. know if it's because it was the closest, <laughs> but that was a just absolute car crash between those two dudes. Absolutely. All right, coach. Well, hey, we're we're wrapping up here, and it's time to for me to fire a little pressure on you a little right. bit more than the game records and slobber knockers. It's called bring in the house. Okay. Five questions, immediate response, no explanation. Favorite college football player of all time. Charles Woodson. Ooh, should have figured Michigan guy. <laughs> the most underrated stat in football. Most underrated stat in football pursuit five to the ball. Absolutely. Um, favorite NFL defense of all time? That Baltimore Ravens, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. Oh, yeah. That's 2000? Right. Yeah. 2000 yeah, squad? That, that early 2000s Baltimore Ravens defense with a, and I will tell you, uh, close runner-up to uh, the Pete Carroll Legion of Boom. Oh, yeah. Man, they, they, those guys with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis were ridiculous. Oh <laughs> You're talking about feeling bad. Like, there's another review of people. Like, who's got to face those dudes? That uh, that uh, the the clip of Pat McAfee talking about the Troy Polamalu <laughs> right um, thing when the guy says, you know, uh, you know Troy Polamalu, you feared, but you know Ed Reed, eh, not so much. He's like, no, I feared Ed Reed. <laughs> E.D. Reed, boy, best safety you ever seen, boy. <laughs> All right, now here, here's the other two I want to hear your answers on. Okay. Who's the best Avenger? The best Avenger, uh, by far, uh, the Hulk. Oh, 
I'm a Hulk guy. Shout out Captain America. I do love Captain America. Uh, but when you're going wave one Avengers, I Hulk all the way. All right. NWA Ric Flair or WWE Ric Flair? Oh, NWA. NWA. Yes, old school. Yo, I'm so glad. Dealing, dealing. You know, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize Flair in WWE um, had a short run early 90s. But I mean, all the stuff you remember from his career outside of the Shawn Michaels retirement match right. was NWA WCW. Right. That That's when Ric Flair was Ric Flair. That's oh, when he was the nature boy. You know, I've spent more money on spilled <laughs> liquor and bars up and down this coast than you made in the last year. <laughs> Coach, this has been a blast. I Absolutely, appreciate you coming yeah. on here. Thanks hey, for having me on. Hey, you know, you're going to you're gonna end up somewhere great, I'm sure of it, and they're going to get a heck of a coach. And uh, I, like I said, I appreciate you being on here, brother. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I'll be in touch. Hey, coaches, appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Game Wreckers and Slobber Knockers, and we'll see you down the road.